Godfrey's Gospel, according to Michael Godfrey. Staycations, you just can't beat them. You wouldn't want to be getting up to too much divilment in this country because, when it's all said and done, there's no hiding place. There I was, minding my own business, reading through the menu in the restaurant of the Lean Ann Hotel, a fantastic place offering unbelievable service and value, in Connemara last week, when all of a sudden I hear a voice shouting, Hi, Mick! Assuming no one from that neck of the woods would know me, after all I was 265 kilometres from home, I naturally ignored the call. But on the second call I decided to discreetly look around, just to make sure it was intended for me, only to discover a former schoolmate nodding in my direction. The said individual was none other than a thigh native and businessman Mike Hogan, whom I hadn't set eyes on in years. In fact, the last time I heard of Mike, he was working in the Caribbean on a joint venture with Dennis O'Brien's Digicel Group. Having started out in life as a DJ before moving into radio and later into publishing, at one stage Mike owned 38 titles, he moved to Jamaica, where he branched out into television, working as executive producer on some of the biggest TV shows in the Caribbean. But in 2014, he had enough of spending large swathes of his time flying back to Ireland to spend time with his three sons, so he opted to relocate here. At the start of the year, Mike came across a property for sale in Leenan, the boathouse opposite where I was staying, and he had just dropped in for a bite with his son, also Michael, when he saw yours truly reading the menu. Ever the gentleman, he invited myself and my wife over for tea the following day, and all I can say is that we spent a very enjoyable few hours going down memory lane. The man is still involved with day-to-day business in the Caribbean, as well as several business ventures in Ireland, but now he's looking out at a panoramic view of Killary Harbour from the comfort of his office at the boathouse. Even though he's only been living full-time in Leenan since March, it would appear he has got to know the entire village. On the following day I got talking to Mary, who owns the Forge gift shop, and straight away she had the man captured to a tee. He's always going at full speed, she joked. If you listen to Mike, that also entails driving in the middle of the narrow roads and constantly swerving to avoid hitting other drivers as well as the roaming sheep. But I wasn't finished running into locals yet. I had just ordered a sandwich from a cafe across the road from Mary's shop and was duly waiting for it to be wrapped when a man approached. Mary, as ever keeping an eye on what was going on, told him, That lad is from your part of the country, to which I discovered that the man approaching me was the owner of the cafe and also a Carlo man. Connor Bulger was the name, son of Frank and Catherine from Carney's Lane, Pollerton Big. Connor and his wife Chloe are proprietors of the Purple Door Cafe, where I had just ordered two sandwiches to bring to the nearby beach. Naturally, we had to have a chat, and Connor told me that he and his wife, a native of northern France, had lived in Lenan for the past 12 years. They have two daughters, Lily and Cerise, and initially they operated Connemara Adventure Tours, bringing over French tourists for walking and cycling holidays. Unfortunately, there were no foreigners coming to Ireland as a result of the pandemic, so we looked around for something else to do and snapped up the cafe when it came on the market, said Connor. I just live 300 metres from the place. It is the shortest commute I have ever had to work, he said. 
Along with two girls from the Czech Republic, Lucy and Adriana, they run a fantastic show. Everything is homemade and there is an array of products to suit all tastes. My order was fairly straightforward. I didn't try any of the cakes or scones, even though I would have loved to. But later that afternoon, the sandwiches went down a treat. Staycations, you can't beat them. Time to think with Father Paddy Byrne. Take a deep breath and relax your mind. The person who has probably done most in the Christian world to promote the idea of concentrating on our breath as a form of prayer is the Indian Jesuit Tony DeMello, who died in 1987 at the age of 55. He was greatly influenced by Buddhist spirituality. He gave a number of retreats in Ireland and made a lasting impression on all who heard him. He was not always favourably received, as some of his views were, at least at that time, controversial. His most constant message was that God loves us unconditionally. And this may seem rather commonplace today, but when Tony began his retreat ministry, there was a strong emphasis in the Catholic Church on sin and the divine punishment for sin. So most Christians believed that God did not really love us unconditionally, but only on condition that we did not sin, or at least that we repented for our sins. Tony did not always give clear and immediate explanations as to how concentrating on your breathing could be a form of prayer. Furthermore, his insistence that it could take many hours of this exercise to experience the spiritual benefits of this form of prayer meant that not too many of his listeners persisted in the exercise long enough to discover any benefits for themselves, since they were carrying out the exercise in blind faith and were inclined to waver along the way, like Peter walking on the water. The breathing awareness exercises that Tony prescribed were very simple. Become aware of the air as it comes in and goes out through your nostrils. Do not control your breathing. Do not attempt to deepen it. This is not an exercise in breathing, but in awareness. Observe it. Tony's main point was that people live too much in their heads and are far less conscious of the activity of their senses. As a result, he stated, they rarely live in the present. Even in their prayer, they are almost always in the past or in the future, mulling over past sins or praying for some future event to happen or perhaps not to happen. But as Tony put it, God isn't yesterday or tomorrow, God is now. To succeed in prayer, it is essential to make contact with the present, and the only way of doing this is by getting out of your head and returning to your senses. It is certainly true that you can think about the past and about the future, but you can't feel something from the past or the future. You can only feel what is happening now. Before you use awareness of breathing as a means of prayer, it is important to think about what you are hoping for from this kind of prayer. It is probably not helpful to think of it as a way of communicating with God, but rather of giving God an opportunity to communicate with you. This is an understanding of prayer characteristic of St. John of the Cross, who said, If the person is seeking God, much more is her beloved seeking her. As Tony DeMello wrote, the Holy Spirit is not produced by any effort of our own. He cannot be merited. There is absolutely nothing we can do to get him. We can't produce the Spirit. We can only wait for him to come. So the intention with which we embark on this kind of prayer is important. 
Tony talks about the importance of removing the dross in prayer. By dross, he means the vast number of thoughts and words and images that we interpose between ourselves and God when we are communicating with God, or more to the point, when God is trying to communicate with us. But it is impossible to clear the mind of dross unless we put something else in its place. We can't think of just nothing. If you try to clear your mind, thoughts will run in from all over the place. Clearing the mind is achieved only by getting out of the mind, to the extent that that is possible, and by substituting sense impressions, in this case, awareness of our breathing, for thoughts. In this kind of activity we are firmly in the now, where God resides, which puts us, so to say, on the same wavelength. Live in the present moment, says Tony de Mello. Why not concentrate on the now instead of hoping for better times in the future? So in short, to make awareness of our breathing an effective way of praying, it is important to enter prayer with the aim of waiting for God to communicate with us and then to give our attention solely to our breathing as a way of silencing our minds and clearing the dross and in this way to enter into the now of God's actions in the world. This is not to expect any conscious messages or revelations, but just to leave ourselves open to the touch of God's Spirit in the hope that this may slowly over time change our lives, in most cases without us even realising what is happening to us. Tony DeMello also suggests that it is questionable whether this should be our only way of praying, for one thing, concentration on our breathing for very long periods of time could bring about unwelcome psychological effects. A few minutes a day may be enough for many people. It is also possible that if we make awareness of our breathing our only way of praying, it can be due to laziness. It is also important for our spiritual life to take the time to build up some images and words, perhaps from the Bible, which can echo in our hearts when we are praying. Tony DeMello describes other forms of prayer, and though some of these exercise the brain more than simple awareness of our breathing, they also focus on the now and leave room for the actions of God's grace in our lives. It is important to admit that praying can sometimes be a fatiguing and frustrating experience, especially when it is riddled with distractions. Giving our brains a rest from time to time and returning to our senses can relieve the tension in our prayer and bring us moments of deep peace.